have our special guest in studio, Lydia Rohde from the Northwestern women's basketball team. And everyone's favorite game, pickup. He got into inbound the ball, had a five-second violation, and went right back to the bench. I went with League of Legends. Let me explain. You can't even find it Googling meteor shower on a sports game. The year was 1999. I was four years old. I was playing rec league basketball. We were up by one. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 for the Sports Voice. It's the holiday season here on Sports Voice. And Matt McHugh alongside Mitt Malik. Sports Block coming up. Hey, Two straight hours of content. because it it's the holiday season, man. It's the holiday season, Amit, because today oh, oh, announced oh, this afternoon, okay, okay. Northwestern, the Cats, going to the Holiday Bowl. San Diego, book your tickets now, December 31st. The Cats will be there in sunny California. Sunny, hopefully not smoky, California. Uh, taking on the Utah Utes. Uh, great game. Great game, Amit, coming up there in Southern California. Some warm weather, some well-deserved warm weather for the Wildcats going bowling uh, for the fourth straight year. All four years we've been here going to a bowl game, which, zooming out, looking in the grand scheme of things, that's pretty cool that both of us now as seniors got to see four seasons of Northwestern football and four bowl games. I don't think any senior class has ever been able to say that, Matt. Northwestern, has have they ever made four straight bowl games? I don't believe so. I have to brush up on the history Noah, books. Noah, I feel like you would know that. Noah, can you give me a thumbs up? No, Noah gives us a shrug. Um, All right, I'll look. Northwestern bowl game history. What? Why? The point time. is, it's uh, unprecedented. It's a big deal. Sure. It's, it's a big deal. Um, but we should talk about what happened last <laughs> night for okay. the Wildcats. Northwestern did go to four straight bowls. They went to a bunch of bowls from 2008, 09, 10, 11, 12. So they made five straight bowls. And now they've got made four straight. So I guess five is the record there. Can you check me on that? Have they made more in the Pat Fitzgerald era than they have in any other era yeah, yeah. of Northwestern so football? Bob Voix yeah. made one. Gary Barnett made two. And uh, Walk made three. And then Fitz has got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. This will be his tenth bowl. Wow. So That's... He's, he, he came in here and... You know, pretty, what, he come in 2006? That's impressive. That's yeah. impressive for a Northwestern program that had not made, as you mentioned right there, not made many bowl games uh, before Pat, Pat Fitzgerald took over as head coach of the program. The turnaround he's had since taking over here, and that's something that, again, looking big picture for Northwestern football as a program, that's something that you can hang your hat on. Um, but as I mentioned, something we should talk about, what happened last night for Northwestern. The Big Ten West champions, first time in their history that they won the Big Ten West. It hasn't been around that long. Uh, but Northwestern falling to Ohio State in Indianapolis last night. The Cats made it interesting for a while there. They cut it to three in the third quarter. And all of a sudden, it seemed like there was a lot of energy in that building in favor of the Wildcats. But Dwayne Haskins put on a show for the Buckeyes, threw for almost 500 yards, the Buckeyes cruise to a three-touchdown victory. Admit your initial reactions from that game last night. Yeah, it's it's tough if you're a Wildcats fan. I thought Northwestern acquitted themselves well. They took a lot of punches from Ohio State. They played probably their best quarter of the season against the number 16 in the country. Those two drives and the stops they had, they played really well. And look, it was 24-21, and they forced a fumble and got the ball back. Right? They were in this game. Then, you know, they... 
they gave they punted. Haskins went down, scored, and then Northwestern, you know, they decided to they were driving down ten. They were down three, they were down ten, and they left seven point they instead of going for seven, they went for three. They kicked the field goal yeah. on fourth and goal from the four. I didn't like that decision. Reminiscent of another game against Ohio State from two years yeah. ago when the Wildcats yeah. settled for a field goal. Yeah, yeah, and okay, I get it. No matter what, whatever you do there, you need to stop, right? And, and then and then, then, and then Haskins was just so, so good. Mm-hmm. I think the takeaway from this one is Northwestern clearly can hang with uh, just about any team. They hung with Notre Dame. They hung with Michigan, right? They hung with Ohio State. But hanging is different than, you know, a level playing field, really competing – for 60 minutes they can't do that with the best teams yet and that's okay like they're not supposed to be able to the talent was just on display and and, and also Northwestern had a tough time their secondary was all des- was all like gone their starters Monte right. Hardage went out Cam Ruiz went out um it was yeah, uh, there was a lot tough. of Alonzo Mayo like it, it was just really tough right and he got torched like Dwayne Hask also like it was a bad combination. Not only was their secondary decimated, but they were going up against the best quarterback I think they've faced in our four years here. You can say the best like, quarterback in Big Ten history and have yeah, a very reasonable Yeah, and pace. that's very reasonable. Based like, on the season he had. He had the best season ever. He threw for more yards than I believe anyone has ever thrown for on Northwestern. Ever. Mm-hmm. Like, that's he was that good, and Northwestern's secondary was hurt. Like, obviously, if the secondary wasn't hurt, he wouldn't have thrown for that many yards. But he was already coming in as one of the best quarterbacks they've ever seen, ever. And then they were shorthanded. Like, what are you supposed to do? He torched the Michigan defense yeah, last week, exactly. too. And, and that was the number one defense in the country coming into that game. So, yeah, I mean, Haskins' talent was just something that was yeah, is, is too much to deal with for defense. any team. The defense caused some turnovers, right? Yeah, well, they did a great job. The run defense especially. Yeah, That's two they were very great. tough running backs to contain, and they did a good job at least – relatively common down the run game for Ohio State, but Haskins was just on another level last night. Yeah, I don't... Northwestern did their best. They showed up well. They cut it to three. They cut it to seven again. It was a one-score game in the fourth quarter. I don't think anyone expected that against Ohio State. Happy with the performance. Obviously, you, you wish some things could have gone differently, but I think ultimately they were... They needed things to go... The breaks they needed to go their way, they got a sum with some turnovers, but they didn't get enough. And then the injuries going yeah. the other way. And I, too. I think really what, what hurts if you're talking about okay, I talked about the fourth down decision, what really hurts is that tipped interception when they had the ball down three and driving. That's what really stings. Yeah. That tipped interception. Because like Clayton that's not his fault. He did throw it into the helmet, but like he was just trying to throw it into the ground. That's tough. I don't know. I was really proud of Northwestern, I thought. It's, again, it's frustrating, but like, hey, I I think this will help them get closer in talent to the best teams in the country. In that third quarter, there was that energy there yeah. when it was they cut it to twenty four twenty one. They got the ball back down by three, a chance to take the lead against Ohio State in the second half, and they were moving the ball they right. Were. If they, that interception doesn't happen, like they might have drove down and taken a lead. You, you I don't, don't know. know. You don't know. You don't know. Yeah. It's that's one you want back. Looking ahead now uh, to the bowl game for the Wildcats, as you mentioned in the lead into the show, heading to San Diego for the Holiday Bowl. There was some speculation they might be going to Florida. Personally, I'm a little happy that they're going to San Diego. I'm I'm not. I wanted to be in the Florida East Coast would be easier for me, but oh well. It's warm. That's how it is. It's stadium, nice. Qualcomm Stadium, not very nice. Uh, I could say that firsthand. But San Diego is an awesome city, um, and I think the the Wildcats and the Wildcat fans who make the trip. Won't regret it. 
uh, spending a couple days in San Diego, especially yeah, if you're yeah. leaving the Chicago area to go to yeah, San no, Diego. It, for it's a exciting. Days. San Diego's great. Holiday Bowl is pretty solid. You get to play Utah, a beatable team, but not, you know, not an easy team. You see the, They're uh, favored by eight. Yeah, opening yeah. spread eight and a half for Utah. Stop over disrespecting the Cats. Someone is sleeping on. I the know cats they didn't cover against Ohio State, but like they played like they could have covered. They covered against Iowa. Who's Whose smart idea was it to make Iowa favorites against Northwestern by, like, what was it, six? Uh, By ten, yeah. Ten. ten. Sorry, ten. That was absurd. That was absurd. The Minnesota spread was disrespectful. All... Mm. 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 Well, the thing that stands out to me about this spread, I mean, is not only that it's – that's a lot of points to give away the, the sleep on the Cats by, but that's a lot of points in general for this Utah team that just they put up three, three against on Friday Washington. night. In the now, Washington's a very good defense, yeah. um, but at the same time, Three points. I think you're, you're going to see. It's going to be a low-scoring game. Yeah, it's going to be a low-scoring game. I don't know that <laughs> the score difference will ever be eight for either team, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe it'll be fourteen zero. Like that. I don't know. It could be. Northwestern will obviously have trouble scoring, but if they play like they did against Ohio State, they should put up like seventeen twenty points. Utah might put up like. 10 or 15, like, I don't know. I think these seasons overall were kind of similar for both teams in that they played in a relatively weak division in a power conference. They won the games they needed to to get themselves to the conference championship game and then lost to a more talented team. That happened to both teams. Um, So I guess in that sense, it's a reasonable matchup and it should be a fun matchup. Uh, And Utah's offense has had some notable performances this year, but it's hard to look into any Pac-12 result too much because – uh, the Pac-12 was just so all over the place, really, all year long. Uh, but Utah was a fine team. And, again, I think they mirror Northwestern yeah, relatively similarly in terms of talent. I think they're closer. It, this should be like a three-point spread one way. Right. I think both these teams are good. It'll be kind of an ugly game. Hopefully there we see some, you know, fun, flashy plays on offense. But, yeah. yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll see. It's warm. Go Cats. It's warm. Go Cats. Win so. a bowl. Win a bowl for the seniors, right? That's, that's exactly. what we're doing here. It'd be great for Clayton, too. To, yeah, to I mean, he— on top with that. Yeah, and also, I believe Utah's starting quarterback it, it has been out for a while. I don't know if he'll play. Noah Kaufman, our researcher on hand, is that true? You know anything about Utah's starting quarterback, Noah? Utah's starting quarterback, Noah. We need, we're, we're trying to figure out. Know that their starting quarterback was injured for the for the Washington game, um, and he's been out for the past couple of weeks. Um, and their starting running back also missed that game. Okay, so that's what I know. I don't know the status of those injuries, whether they'll be back or not. All right, well, still eight and a half points. Yeah, wow. we'll that's see. a lot. It's a lot. We'll lot of points. Thank you for the update, Noah. Yeah. Um, now looking ahead to the rest of the college football slate. Uh, he has a broken collarbone. Yeah, he's got four weeks. He's not coming back. Why would you come back to play a bowl game? Whatever. Clayton's going to play. I'll tell you Cl- that much. Clayton's going to play. I, I, I'll I bet you Clayton will play. He needs his 53rd consecutive start. Um, now, looking ahead uh, to the rest of the, the slate that was announced today on the playoffs, um, I guess no surprises. This was kind of what I expected going into it. I, there were some questions on what the committee was going to do with, uh, with the fourth spot, maybe even the third spot if you wanted to get ambitious. But uh, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Oklahoma are the four in the playoffs, uh, amid any initial reaction to that that makes you kind of hesitant with no, those four? I, I think what you have to look at is if you wanted to talk about the four best teams in the country, Georgia is probably better than Oklahoma and Notre Dame. But I don't 
I don't know what the I forget exactly the wording the college football playoff looks for, but if you just gone by what the committee intended to do when it started, what they said they would do, what we've seen from them in the past, I think this was exactly what you should have expected today. Right. Right? They're never you can't as as far as we understand that the, the way they approach it, they were never going to put a two-loss non-conference champion into the tournament this year when you had uh, three undefeated teams and a team that won, lost one game and then beat that same team in its conference championship. Yeah. So Georgia, I mean, I do think Georgia's probably better than Notre Dame and Oklahoma. Guess what? You had your chance to beat Alabama. You were up two scores, yeah. and you got their backup quarterback. I know Bama's backup quarterback clearly is a star too, but like you took your best swing and missed. I know you're probably better, but you don't get another swing. That was your that was your quarterfinal game, right? Yeah. Like, I think Georgia's the third best team in the country. I don't care. Like, that was it. You lost. You're not in the playoff. You be proud of what you did. You nearly won, but like you have to win that game. Bama can like, I, sorry. If I was a Georgia like fan, like I would be upset. But I'm just like you. You're the third best team in the country. It doesn't matter the way the playoff works. Like, you knew you had to know. You had to know. And also, Ohio State. Never had a chance. The Sorry thing, to th- yeah. Here, the problem for Ohio State is one, they got blown out by Purdue, and the committee clearly doesn't like blowouts to anyone, let alone five hundred teams. teams. Yeah. And second, I think they uh, suffered from having to play, and no offense to Northwestern, a not top team really in their championship game. Right. If they had gone to play Michigan or Penn State again in a, in a championship game, if they got a quality opponent like Oklahoma. And they won, then we'd have to really compare Oklahoma and Ohio State more. But because they got to play Northwestern, really the only comparison is what are the losses? Right. Texas, and you mentioned Texas, Purdue. Yeah. You mentioned the blowout too, and that that's important. I think that might have hurt Georgia's case a little bit too. That LSU game when LSU pretty much handled them for that entire yeah. game earlier this year. Yeah. Georgia did not have a chance. If in Georgia that game. was if Georgia was undefeated coming into this game, they would have been and they lost. Easy. They would have been in, yeah. and there would have been two SEC teams just like last year. Um, and honestly, I, I still say that Georgia should have been in the playoff this year because you still think so, I no think matter so. what. I want the better teams in the playoffs. Well, I. I'm with you that the best, like the better. I want the best teams in the playoffs. I don't yeah. care that they're both in the SEC. I don't care that they just lost the championship game last week. Man, that was a fun game. Give me I another know. one. I know it'd be great, but like, I think if it's so hard, there's four teams. I think you have to. This is just me. I want to see different teams in the playoff. Like I get every that. year, and I just like I don't want to see Bama Georgia. I saw it, and I found out who was better. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, it was Bama. I don't want to see it. Again. I know Georgia would be a great game, but like that's it. Obviously, it's just really tough this year that Notre Dame is good and undefeated. Because mm-hmm. if Notre Dame is not undefeated, they can't make it no well, matter what. There was talk that Notre Dame's schedule wasn't even that good yeah. this year at all, which yeah. is not their fault no, at all. They not, didn't know USC and Stanford would have the years they had. Yeah, also, it's not even that true. Like They still have a bunch of top 25 decent, wins. Yeah. They beat Michigan, and they beat Northwestern, and they beat – I'm blanking on their rest Syracuse. of Syracuse. Who was also like twelve at the time? Yep. Like, it's it stinks for the Power Five schools that Notre Dame is undefeated, but like, they have to get they were, in. They were good. Yeah, too. They, they were, were legitimately good. dominated. I think a they're lot the of worst they team in this field, but 
maybe they'll give Clemson a game. They might be on the same level as Oklahoma. I don't yeah. know. What's frustrating, and I hear you, is that we know Oklahoma's defense is just abhorrent. Exactly. And, and now we're staring up at two games with spreads of double-digit yeah, plus. Which, if Georgia was playing Alabama again, you we'd bet that's a single-digit spread right yeah, now. It'd be, it'd be a sing- yeah, we just saw it, and Georgia clearly is competent on both sides of the ball. I'm just of the mind, like, you, you ha- like that was your game to win, right? I get it. And... I'm with you, too. They lost to LSU. That's their fault. Right. Like, if you don't lose that game, then we don't have to have this problem. If Ohio State doesn't lose to Purdue, not only just lose, but lose by 29, then we also don't have this problem. Mm-hmm. So win the games on your schedule. That's what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, and, like, that's – I know that in terms of best, best teams, like, you want the best teams, but, like, I think the committee will just get into two subjective waters if you're trying to say – that a two-loss team is better than an undefeated team. We're in subjective. We're in yeah. the deep end of the subjective waters. I know we're in the deep already. end of subjective waters already, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, because you have to be grounded in some fact, you have to undefeated teams just have to matter more, and it's unfortunate that we can't consider UCF, but that's what it is. I think in the next ten years we'll we eventually find a way to get to more teams somehow. Six, I don't know eight, how. Yeah, something. Yeah, so something. I. I really like the strategy I've seen floated a lot on Twitter. It's eight teams, the five winners, the best yeah. group of five, and then the two at, two large. at larges. Yeah. That makes the most sense to me. The hard part, and this is why I said I gave a cushy number like 10 years, is that it's going to be hard to figure out, one, how can you schedule that? Can you really afford to play three more games in a college football season? And like, to, the time frame is hard because college football capitalizes on that window it has up to now, and then it's really NFL steaming up into the playoffs. And let's be honest, no one really cares about the bowl games that aren't important, except for fans of those teams and college football fans. In gambling, And then college gets three games where it gets the country's attention again, and that's really it. Mm -hmm. Right? Like New Year's, yeah. How how does college football, can they afford to play three games? I think they can. I think think they can, and we're not going to play. That's what we want. But it's just hard logistically, and it's also hard when we know, like, can we really be sending these kids out to play more football? Well, like, they've called NCAA a show numerous times. They don't care about the well-being of yeah, the Yeah, I'm they with you. They clearly care about money. <laughs> I think you get more money yeah. if you do it this way. Like, So, yeah, I think it's reasonable that that happens. Yeah, I, I don't know. I likely. just it, – it, it'll be hard, but I think eventually we'll see eight teams. It. I think it's, it's – What are you doing? We're the, on the path to Your that. other yeah. revenue sport hosts 64 teams in the ultimate cash grab of all time. Sending these <laughs> You've got four. March Madness is just a – it makes so much money. Somehow the FCS figured out how to have a much better playoff system than the FBS. Yeah. I don't know why it's well, taken it's the FBS so long. it's because we've been outdated in the bowl system. We should just do away with the bowl system. It's tough because they still make money because people know. still watch them. People still bet on them. Um, I know, but they're exhibition games, right? Yeah. Like there's got to be a – we got to have some form of playoffs more often. We need playoffs, not bowls. I think there's going to be a way for some of those to coexist, where there's the garbage yeah. bowls for the mediocre teams yeah. to go play in and get some sponsorship money, uh, and then there'll also be the playoff games that drive huge TV ratings. So, yeah, Ideally, that's the both. I think there's a market for it, because if you didn't know about this country, people still love to watch football. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll take a quick break here on It's a Fake. When we come back, we'll take a look at some other NFL storylines today. Coaches fired, wins, losses, all around the scoreboard. Stay tuned. There was an idea 
bring together a group of remarkable people. Now we've got Matt McHugh and Zach Wingrove. Amit Malik is also in the studio. So when they needed us, we could fight the battles. That they never could. We will run through the whole bracket until we determine the Sports Voice After Athlete of the Year for 2017. In time, you will know what it's like to lose. And thus, in a three strikes you're out world, Sports Voice After Dark now has two strikes against it. Fun isn't something one considers when balancing the universe. But this <laughs> does put a smile on my face. Or are we like, what if we try? Well, actually, actually, if we want to punch this fat, we, we punch it this fat. This is Sports Voice After Dark. Welcome back to It's a Fake here, the first show of the Sunday Night Sports Block. Matt McHugh, Amit Malik here with you. Uh, NFL news. Hey, Matt, Matt, yeah. I got one more one more college football thing Let's for fire you. Let's fire it it's off. It's a fake. The it's podcast. How do you feel about George's fake punt decision in that game? The namesake of the podcast, Kirby Smart. I think yeah. Kirby Smart listens. Um, I think he listens. Was it fourth and 12 from yeah. midfield? Yeah. And the thing is, about that fake, we should really break this down because <laughs> Alabama's defense at the time was lined up in like a 4-3. Yeah. They were so woke on yeah. this fake, yet Georgia the whole time was like, you know what? Yeah, this looks yeah. good. Let's yeah. go ahead and do it. I think that's the one time where he probably – Nope. Probably no. Door. Right? I know it's a tie game. It. It's already a tie game, and I guess if you, you get the first down, then you can win the game. But the odds of you not getting it are so low that you're basically just handing them 40 yards of field position. Yeah. I mean, the odds and of getting it, if you don't believe the odds of getting it yeah. aren't that good. Yeah. But. I mean, they believed, but Bama clearly did. Pebble was woke. Okay, that, that's the thing is that yeah, it, it's like when I play Madden against someone and I like I yeah. always know that they're gonna run a fake, so I just put the regular defense on the field and be like, yeah, go ahead, punt it. Yeah, you like won't. I'd be I'd be okay if they lined up on a real play and were like fourth and twelve, like let's get it. But you're running a fake play and they knew you didn't catch anyone yeah. by surprise. <laughs> that's the thing right? that really was... and the whole point of a fake punt is the element of surprise. If they're woke, you're just running a worse. Play to get you the get you the uh, the first down. Yeah, that's uh, it's not great. It's not great. But shout out to Kirby Smart for at least trying it. Uh, we do yeah. we do love the uh, the effort on that one. Maybe next time, think a little bit harder. Yeah. before executing. Uh, NFL news, as promised. Uh, today the Green Bay Packers fired head coach Mike McCarthy. They lost to the Arizona Cardinals. Tim might want to sit down after saying they lost to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, but this was a lost season anyway for the Green Bay Packers. They were pretty much done by this point of the year. They had some very slim playoff odds. Those have since been extinguished permanently for yep. this season. Yep. Uh but wow, Mike McCarthy gone. A lot of people thought he'd stick around till the end of the season. Packers just wasting no time saying, "Your time has come." Thank you for what you did for us. Thank you for the Super Bowl. Uh, pack your bags. Yeah, uh, you're right. I. It stinks that he didn't get to last the whole season. I think they really wanted to just afford him respect because he won them a Super Bowl. He's been there for so long. But it's just like at this point, like they knew he was out. Everyone in the organization knew he was out. 
that really scathing piece was on up on SI. Maybe Rodgers is also has his own issues, but he's a generational talent, an all-time talent, excuse me, and you have to cater to him. Like that's what you yep. got to do if you to keep him around. And Mike McCarthy wasn't going to get done. The play calling there was really bad for a, a long time. So it was a long time coming. I yeah, think, on this and one. this year was was just frustrating. There are a lot of things that also could have maybe saved them from this fate, but here they are. You're this record. Get rid of him, and you know what? It buys you some extra weeks on your coaching search. Yeah. And I think that's the the biggest benefit of this for the Packers. You know, you get some extra weeks, and maybe obviously this season doesn't matter, but see if you can try to revitalize things while you can on the field and. Try to get a head start, right? Yeah, like I guess it makes sense. Hire someone good. And that's the thing is that this Packers job is probably the most enticing NFL job that's opened up in a while because, like you mentioned, the chance to quarterback a team with Aaron Rodgers, who maybe not in his prime right now, but still elite. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He even showed the flashes of that this year. Yeah, he's getting older, but Aaron Rodgers is still elite. It does not take that much to build a team around Aaron Rodgers that can compete for a yeah. playoff spot and compete compete in the playoffs. He's been making the playoffs for so long with yeah. just really average, below-average talent around him. And their defenses have also been middling at best, really, in his run. I know it's hard as a GM to build a team when, you're, when you've got Aaron Rodgers, but it shouldn't be. I don't know. Make it easier. Yeah. Get someone in. Just give some new life to Rodgers, try a different offense, see if he can recapture the magic. I think, unfortunately, as he gets to this age, he's going to go more in the pocket, you know, do more of the Brady, Breeze type of thing, maybe a little bit less of the electric plays. Because I think what one of McCarthy's things is they knew Rodgers could do magical things, but they were counting on him to do it. Where you go to someone like Brady and, like, because he's so good, they also made things so easy for him. And then it's like unstoppable and I was talking about this a long time yesterday with a friend of the show Zach Wingrove the way the NFL looks now like basically if you don't have one of these spread like flag football offenses like you're you're not going to be able to keep up anymore and you need to have a quarterback like Rodgers yeah. to execute and that like, well yeah like a lot of you need a competent quarterback but like Mitch Trubisky is maybe a little bit above average maybe but he's got a great coach he can make the throws, and his guys get wide open. Mm -hmm. Now, the Packers probably don't have the same caliber of skill set players the Bears have, but, but if, you you're running those, if you're running those schemes or similar schemes like the Andy Reid-style offense, you know, the, what the Eagles did last year, what the Rams are doing this year, the guy would put up insane numbers. Oh, yeah. It's not hard. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. It's just so, frustrating. That begs the question now, who's going to take over this job? There's a lot of people who probably want this uh, – Right now, it seems like what most Packers fans, at least the Packers fans I've seen, want, uh, they're targeting Josh McDaniels. Who's yeah, I've seen the that a lot. Offensive coordinator for the Patriots. Uh, he's got some NFL coaching experience, albeit not great experience, with the Denver Broncos uh, back about 10 yeah, years ago now. I don't. My thing with Josh McDaniels is I don't know if he's a winning football coach in the National League. I hate that. That's like a home. That's like an old man take. Like eh, he doesn't know guy, how to win. He doesn't know how to win, but like he didn't. He already had a chance. But and he was so young. But he's he clearly he's, he's so clearly young. a sharp offensive mind. Uh I don't think he's necessarily like a spread spread offense disciple, but he he's been with the Patriots. Brady gets the ball out in under four seconds like every time. And Brady makes so many pre snap reads. He's clearly a smart guy. I think he would be good. I would honestly like to see them do something maybe uh 
I think McDaniels is a safe option. I think you, I, I would go bolder than that, but I don't know. He'd, He'd be fine. If he came in, the expectation would be the next year to make the playoffs. Here's a bold name for you. Pete Carmichael Jr. He's the Saints offensive yeah. coordinator. Yeah. He's been in that role for almost 10 years now. I think it'll if, be hard to get him away. If you've seen the, if you've seen the Saints offense this year, you know that's enticing. And I yeah. think the thing that makes me say he might go away to this job is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he's you been with Drew Brees. You have the chance to be the head coach for Aaron Rodgers. That's not an opportunity you pass up. Yeah, the other name I've seen in more than a few places, at least that they would like to see, is Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. That's one that I would just love to see to spread that offense around, give Rodgers. I saw Cliff Kingsbury, but I think, did he take a USC job already? Yeah, he's going to be the OC. Yeah, so obviously you can't get him. That would have been nice, but I'm really excited for – um, if they were potentially get Lincoln Riley, that would be amazing. He he could be so good for them. And then well, unless uh, he goes to the Browns, another name, he's yes, got to go. He's got to reunite with Baker. Yeah, that would yeah, be fun. Yeah. The other name I've seen also in a few page play, pages is uh, John Harbaugh, the Ravens yeah. coach. Right, he could leave there. I There's your guy who knows how to win. Yeah, I think John Harbaugh <laughs> is a really good coach, but I don't think he's um, an electric offensive mind. I think he's a winning football coach. I think. One thing, though, that they definitely should do is get an offensive guy that's just going to help Rodgers be himself and hire a really good defensive coordinator. The guy they have now is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Philbin, I don't think he should be he's, considered. He screams fill-in guy, right? Like he's, yeah, he's, he's a he's fill-in. The, he's, I, he's I, I don't think he should be considered he's in the fine. He'll get a He'll get a coaching job somewhere else, if not with the Packers under whoever their new head coach is. He's competent enough. He showed he can win some games, but... Man, that's not a that's not a hire that inspires confidence if they opt for that route and just stick with the interim guy. Yeah, McDaniel seems to be the favorite uh, among the early reports kind of swirling around the league. Lincoln Riley, I think, would be my favorite choice. Um, and I'm reading this way that Harbaugh and the Ravens would probably part ways if they don't make the playoffs, and I I don't believe they will. Uh, it's yeah, it's gonna be tight for the Ravens. Um, yeah, certainly, I think they still have a chance. Um, but. They certainly have their work cut out for them. A nice win for them today, but yeah, if yeah. if they don't, then that could be it. If you want them, go the experience uh, do you want, route. Do you want to see McDaniel's or Riley or anyone else that you've got your eye on? Riley is my, probably my favorite of the names we've mentioned. Yeah. Right. Also, a guy who I've seen name circle around, Bruce Arians, coming yeah, he, back he into could coaching, come out of retirement just to coach this team. Gary Kubiak coming back into coaching. That's another name that's been I mentioned. Would, Bruce Arians would be good. He clearly knows how to get a lot uh, out of quarterbacks as well. So Again, this is an enticing job, and I think this is one of the only jobs uh, in NFL that's open now or will open up this offseason that's going to be enough to entice one of those guys to come out of retirement. All that being said, though, you know if you know anything about the way I watch football or follow football, you know I probably want Lincoln Riley coaching that team because, man, that would be fun to watch. Yeah, I just let Rodgers be his best. Yeah. He's been hand— He's been handicapped for so long, and he's been great. In, I shouldn't say he's always been in great in spite of McCarthy, but he's been great and had to work through some challenges because of roster construction yeah. and some of its <laughs> play, play calling. Play, yeah. yeah, but give him give him someone that will let him be good and then watch what happens. All right, you heard it here first. Lincoln Riley is who it's a fake wants to go to Are the you shocked? Can you believe it? Uh, thank you, Emmett Malik. Great show tonight. Coming up next, stats are for losers. Tim and Eric will take you through that. And then the sports voice after that. This is the WNUR Sports Block. Stay tuned. Night at 8 p.m., some magic happens on the airwaves. 
Welcome on into the Sports Voice. Welcome into the WNUR Sports Voice. Welcome on into a very special edition of the Sports Voice. It's called the Sports Voice, where you get Northwestern Athletics hot takes. I like Thorson. I've been on the Thorson bandwagon for a while now. Even after last year, I'm sticking with him. He's the best the cats have. Interviews. Northwestern big man Alex Ola, thank you for joining us. And of course, pick him. Playoffs, Sam Brief. Don't talk about playoffs. Are you kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Jim Mora's historic rant is one that we aren't going to forget anytime. All listeners know that I am great at this game. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 p.m. for The Sports Voice. Produced by Henry Demore and Sam Brief. Welcome on into the Sports Voice, ladies and gentlemen. There's only one place where you can get Northwestern sports analysis. I also think there's a pretty good chance, the way Northwestern's playing, that they go in there to Madison next weekend and they just win the darn thing. We were robbed of how good Selena Lasota was. Can't pull off the miracle, Matt, if you don't get a chance. Wise man once said that. Phenomenal guests. We have our special guest in studio, Lydia Rohde from the Northwestern women's basketball team. And everyone's favorite game, Pickup. He got in to inbound the ball, had a five-second violation, and went right back to the bench. I went with League of Legends. Let me explain. You can't even find it Googling meteor shower on a sports game. The year was 1999. I was four years old. I was playing rec league basketball. We were up by one. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 for the Sports Voice.